welcome to episode number 14 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are continuing our series based upon my book entitled, Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. Today's episode is entitled, Money and Marriage. I have been blessed for many years to be able to counsel couples who are planning to get married. And in many cases, the category of finances has never been discussed between them. Although they might talk about it just a little bit and talk about how they want to spend money or how they want to save money. But really the details of their finances generally are not discussed until after they've been married for a while. Quite frankly, I think that's, that's making a big mistake. Allow me to give you an example of a story. This is a true story about a young couple who were planning on getting married. So I set up a program of six individual counseling sessions that would prepare them for marriage. So a lot of couples would come to me and say, we want to get married and didn't think much about having counseling sessions. But we had a requirement that every couple considering marriage needed to go through premarital counseling. I think that's crucial, and I think it's something that isn't done as often as it should be, especially in the area of money and finance. So the time came around when we had to discuss the issue of money. We were chatting for a little while, and I suggested to them when had they planned on setting up a joint account. And the lady said, it sounds good to me. And the young man looked at me and said, excuse me? And I said, yes, I think it's crucial that you understand that when you get married, that you become one in all areas. And that also includes the area of finance. You should be in agreement on your financial decisions. You should plan a budget and we'll get into that. But but let's just talk about the subject of starting a, a regular joint checking account. So the young man looked at me with this kind of funny expression on his face. And all of a sudden he said, now, pastor, let me understand this. I'm supposed to take my paycheck and put it in a joint checking account where she, now he didn't call her by her name, all of a sudden she became she, where she will be able to take whatever money she wants, whenever she wants it, and have total access to all of my finances. The, the young lady looked at him and said, I'm not sure I understand what you mean. Don't you trust me? All of a sudden, the subject of money changed the peace that we had during our counseling session. Prior to this topic, everything was wonderful and huggy and lovey and sweet and kind. But when the issue of money came up, the man in the meeting said, I don't buy this at all. The potential wife said, I can understand why you don't trust me. Then he said something like, well, it's not really a case of trust. It's just simply that it's my money. And I, when I make my money, I'm going to spend it the way I want to spend it. And you're going to have to ask me for permission in order to get the right to spend money. That brought on lots of questions on her part. She said, I don't need to ask you for permission for anything. And all of a sudden, there was hostility in the room. There was resentment in the room. And I tried to calm them down and said, now, look, we, we need to discuss this in detail because this will become one of the most difficult challenges you will face in your marriage. So let's talk about the issues of money. Well, we tried to get into it, but obviously they were not very cooperative with each other. He was still struggling with the idea that it was his money and he decided to do with it whatever he wanted. And she said, you don't trust me. So we, the deeper we got into it, the more I realized that we're going to have to have another discussion about this. So I told him about a couple of passages of scriptures that they need to read and that we would just pray and finish off this session today. 
obviously this couple was not ready to get married and the more we talked the more they decided that maybe they were not really ready to get married and as a matter of fact they wound up canceling their wedding plans and decided they need a few more months to sort some things out they were married about six or seven months later and were very much at peace in the area of their finances in their marriage that is one of the more traumatic situations I had in counseling, especially when it came to the area of finance. But it's certainly better to find that out before you get married than discover that six months or eight months later that there's a major issue dealing with the area of how to handle your joint checking account for a newly married couple. The subject of money and marriage deserves far more than a simple chapter. Therefore, I'll try and highlight some of the areas of great importance things that may be the most crucial ones in dealing with finances in your marriage and help you to live a debt-free life. Today, many people tell us that money is the number one problem causing divorce. It's at least in the top five areas that are common to leading people to divorce. It's been said that many women will forgive infidelity of their husband more than they will financial failure it may seem a little difficult to believe that, but that's the absolute truth. We know that the Bible speaks more about money, possessions, materialism, and the proper use of or improper use of money than, than almost every subject. So if God feels that he wants to contribute a lot of time and effort in his word, talking to us about money and finances and possessions and things of that nature, and lending and co-signing and all those types of things, then I would think that we should take it seriously so I'm going to focus my comments today just on the area of marriage and how we need to deal with the subject of money and marriage. Over the last several years, the average married couple in America has debt to credit cards in the amount of anywhere from twelve dollars to $15,000 to $18,000. It varies from year to year and it also varies depending on the economy. With a good economy way back in 2017, it's kind of a contradiction to see bankruptcies were nearly 800,000 and that there were more than 1 million bankruptcies granted in the year 2014. We probably need to ask ourselves some questions. What is the cause of all these financial problems? Why do couples struggle in the area of finance? Why are our couples you know, getting deeper in debt with really no plan to change and, and no real solid plan to get out of debt? So let, let's work on the problem by using the acronym DEBT, which is Discipline, Energy, Budget, and Trust. We'll start with the word discipline. Now, I know it's not a word that a lot of people like, but remember the Word of God tells us that those that God uh, disciplines, He loves. So we read in Proverbs 12, 1 in the NIV translation, where it says, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Now, you know, certain translations are pretty, pretty blunt, pretty direct, and this is one of them. A marriage without financial discipline is a marriage that will never be debt-free and will always have numerous financial challenges. In any marriage, sooner or later, we're going to have financial difficulties and we're going to have them flood into our life. And when that happens, the marriage suffers. Many times it'll end in marriage and it'll wind up in divorce. You know, our financial future will impact our children, our friends, and our family. The word discipline is so important. It's so vital. And I pray that you'll receive that instruction 
And if you have questions about those instructions for discipline, just look in the Word of God and look up every reference there is to discipline. You can just simply Google, give me all the scriptures on discipline and read them and see that there's a, there's a level of instruction with a future blessing that God has planned for those who are willing to submit to the instructions that he has for us. In order to become debt-free, it will require discipline in our financial decisions. Moving on, let's look at the word energy in debt. It exists in all marriages. The problem is the energy may be spent in the wrong directions. Couples have energy to work and have fun and to go on vacations and have children. They enjoy the physical rewards of marriage along with the independence that we receive when we get married and move on and set up our own life. The energy, however, that we use, cars, furniture, homes, clothing, and things like material possessions is usually our, our biggest use of energy in our marriage. If only we could direct or guide or monitor you know, some of our, our energy towards making sound financial decisions, we would surely be able to have financial success and set up a plan to live debt-free. May I suggest for couples that we should place some of that energy in praying together about our spending and making financial decisions, in reading the Word of God, and, and in addition to that, in seeking His help in making all the financial decisions that we will during our married life. Think about this for a second. The energy that we have in marriage comes from the Lord. In Deuteronomy 8.18, it reads this way. I'm reading from the New International Version. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Always remember that God is the one who provides financial blessing in our life. So therefore, we should go to him and place some of that energy into the goal of becoming debt-free. Doesn't that sound good? Let's move on to the third letter in our acronym of debt. It's the word budget. Everyone knows a budget is crucial in marriage. However, very few people will actually set one up and follow through with it. In Proverbs 16, 9, the New King James Version says this, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Now, a budget is a plan, and a budget can only be fulfilled and carried out if we ask the Lord to help guide our steps. So let's make a plan to start a budget, and let's ask the Lord to guide us through that budget so we'll be able to maintain it and accomplish our goals and our finances. Allow me to comment a little bit on the importance of making an effort to plan our finances through the tool of a budget. A budget is the place where a husband and wife come together, now they come in agreement, they become as one, to plan how they will use the income that God has provided them. So therefore, doing a budget may be the only time a couple will sit down and plan the use of their finances. So I encourage you, my experience has been over years that, that less than 5% of couples that I've interviewed have ever had such a meeting and sat down and actually set down a, a bona fide budget that they actually carry out. Now, a lot of couples will talk about how they spend money and where they spend money, but most couples have a tendency to say, well, we must be spending everything that we make and so that's what our budget is. That's just not the way to approach it. It's vital that we sit down and determine what our expenses are 
for an entire month and then put that into an entire year and come up with a budget that it's, it's real, it's actual, it's, it's the real thing and it's not just pie in the sky or some guessing that we're making. So set up a budget. I know you don't like the word budget. A lot of people hate that word, but it's a wonderful word. It's, it's a plan and allow God to help us set up that plan and let's carry it out and just, just watch and see how that budget will help you reach your goal of being debt free. There's a lot of interesting things that take place in a couple's finances. I've counseled so many couples where they'll be talking about money and one will start blaming the other that they don't spend money wisely. Then, the, then they'll start accusing each other. Well, it's your fault or it's your fault or whatever. And I like to use this example. I've had men say to me during a counseling session that his wife is always spending money on little things, buying this trinket for the house or buying some kind of a new set of dishes or new pots and pans or whatever it might be. And somehow he thinks that that's a personal expenditure of hers when in reality, that's for the household. Now, obviously you need to budget those things. And obviously there needs to be agreement on that. But that same husband many times who complains about the $50 spent here and the $100 there and the $20 there will run out and purchase an incredibly expensive automobile or get a hobby that's brutally expensive and think that that's just fine and justified. And you know, don't, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with having a good hobby. There's nothing wrong with buying a nice car, but those expenses can be devastating to, to the finances in a marriage. And we don't want to place ourselves in debt. I, I kind of, caution myself a little bit on making this comment, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyways. Many, many men will go out to buy something for their wife. They'll think, I want to do something special for her. And so it's her birthday or it's Christmas or whatever. And they'll go out and, and, and buy a $2,000, $3,000 diamond ring or a necklace or something. And, and it's wonderful. It's a wonderful thought. And they think it's going to be such a blessing, but they don't realize that many times they put that diamond ring or whatever it might be, or necklace or earrings on a charge card. And they don't have the money in their budget to be able to pay it off. So what they look at as being a blessing can sometimes turn around and be a curse uh, on their budget, can be a curse on, on the ability to pay for those things that are being charged. So just because you want to do something for someone, let's be sure we're wise. Let's sure we understand the ramifications of making these charges and building up credit debt. It's just brutal. And I would caution you to talk about those things, to be in focus together on those things and work together to, to plan a, a great financial future. The last letter in my acronym debt is the letter T and it stands for the word trust. Now, one of my favorite scriptures about trust is found in Proverbs chapter three, verse five. I probably quote this more than any other scripture in the word of God. And the New King James translation says it this way, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now I realize, I, I truly realize that this quote is, is something that a lot of people use, but is it something that we really apply in our life? It's a scripture that must be part of our daily life, a vital part of our daily life. When I use this passage of scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, during times of counseling, I like to turn that word trust over towards the couples and ask them, do you trust each other? Are you comfortable in the decisions that the other person's going to make? I kind of go back to my old story at the beginning of this episode today about the couple that was 
going to get married and then they wanted to open up or talking about opening up a joint checking account and the individual uh, the man said something like well how can I trust her and she responded with something like well he, he doesn't trust me and so therefore you you don't trust me so therefore we, we are not in agreement when it comes to our finances that word trust is used flippantly a lot. It's used kind of insignificantly, but the word trust is a, is a crucial word in our relationships, in our marriage. We know that we all must have trust in a marriage, that both the husband and the wife must earn each other's trust. And, and that means that they do it by their actions, not in their not just their words. We know that, that trust is vital and that that particular couple decided to delay their marriage due to a lack of trust. I'm so thankful they delayed it. And I'm so thankful that they sought God for direction in working out the details for a lack of trust that they had in each other. A marriage without trust is a marriage headed for failure. And a financial plan without trust in God is headed for failure. But a marriage that trusts in God when it comes to their finances is a marriage that can learn how to become debt free. Now, I've said this before, but I believe it's worth saying over and over again. We all say, God, I trust you. Or at least we, we say or we try to say that we trust him. The bigger question is, does God trust us? Is God willing to trust us in the area of our finances? And when we earn his trust, we automatically get his blessing. I want his blessing. I desire his blessing in my finances, in my marriage, in my relationships, in everything that I do. So I want to put trust in the Lord with all my heart, number one, and I know that God will be pleased with it and I know he's going to turn around and bless me. And if you will place your trust in him, he is obligated according to his word to turn back a blessing upon you Quite frankly, a blessing that you'll not even be able to contain. It'll be so wonderful and so great. The acronym that the Lord gave me on for this lesson on debt and marriage and, and finances, it can be an important tool, I believe, in enabling uh, us and helping us to, to deal with financial decisions in our marriage. Because without discipline, without energy, or having a budget, or without trust, we're going to end up with debt, not out of debt. However, when we as couples, as married couples, receive the discipline of the Lord and we focus our energy and we prepare a budget and we trust God, debt-free living will be our reward. I believe it and I've said it for years and I'll continue to say it till Jesus comes. God wants to bless us and God wants us to be debt-free. Let's take a look at what marriage would be like without debt. When my wife and I first got married a long, long time ago, we used to sit and dream about having our home paid for and not having a car payment and then thinking about going on vacations and going to Europe. And, and she always said that a, a trip to France would be so wonderful because it's so romantic. And, and we dreamed a lot and planned a lot and prayed a lot. But one thing that we did during that entire time was we put God first in our finances. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying I have all the answers and that my wife and I have always done everything perfect in the area of finance and that I've always made great decisions and that I've always, always, always been number one uh, in making good decisions in finances. No, that's really not reality. 
We had to learn. We had to go through a process of learning. We've been married, I'll just tell you how many years, 54 years. And in 54 years of marriage, we've tried so hard to, to keep our spending under control. Oh, we've had a lot of fun. We've done a lot of great things. But I can remember in the old days when we didn't have any finances and uh, just getting in the car and going for a drive someplace was kind of like our mini vacation. I can remember when we used to live in a place called uh, Carmel in California, about 60 miles or so south of San Francisco. We couldn't afford to go on a trip. We couldn't afford to spend any night in a motel. But we'd get in our car and we'd just take a drive up the coast to San Francisco. And I wouldn't want to go back to San Francisco today, but, but in those days it was a lot of fun. And so we would go for a drive with our little boy in the back seat and we'd go up the coast and, and just enjoy being together and spending time together. We did, couldn't afford to stop for lunch, couldn't afford to have dinner. We just simply went for the drive. It was hard enough just getting the gas money together. But as we would drive up, we would look at pretty homes and, and we would talk about a nice vacations and wouldn't it be nice to be able to stay at this hotel or do that. And those were all fun dreams. And you need to do that. You need to dream big. You need to, as couples, please don't stop dreaming. And, and, and please, whatever you do, spend time together and, and spend quality time together. That means really many times just simply time alone. So we would go on these trips and we called vacations just for the day and then drive back home that night. So it established a pattern of dreaming, a standard of, established a pattern of hoping. It established a pattern of trusting God to bring those things to the reality. Now here we are all these years later and, and we've been debt free for a long time. We haven't had any debt and it's just such a blessing not to have that debt. And once again, I'm not saying it to boast. I'm not saying it to, 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 to intimidate you. I'm really saying it to let you know that you can start with what you have and build towards what you want to obtain. You can start out now when having a lot of debt and, and being struggling with it, and you can actually see that there will come a day when you'll be out of debt. There will come a day when you'll be able to tell others how you were able to set a plan, a financial plan up and pray and seek God's direction in it, and it led you to debt-free living. So think about the joy of being debt-free. It's something that I like to reflect throughout these episodes and it's something that helps us see that the, the, the goal is out there and that light at the end of the, of the tunnel, as they say, it's not a train coming, it's the light of the Lord. And the light of the Lord will release us from financial bondage. So I just wanted to interject that in there and I hope that it did bless you. This would be a good time for married couples to sit down, get a blank piece of paper and start writing your dreams down. Start thinking about the things that you wanna see happen in your life and in your marriage. You know, when you start dreaming, you need to dream big because we serve a big God. We serve a God without limits. We know the Bible tells us that God's thoughts are greater than ours, that his ways are higher than ours, and that he always wants to bless his people in ways that we many times can't even think about. So as you sit down couples and you, you look at each other in the eyes and you say, what would you like to do? A lot of times when we start dreaming, we wanna write all of our stuff down first. But as a married couple, we need to put the other person first. And so men out there, if you're the aggressive one in the marriage, ask your wife, what would you like to see happen in our marriage, in our finances? 
and what goals do you have in your life and what things would you like to see come to pass and the and the husband you know should then have that same opportunity where the wife can look at him and say what are your dreams and what are your goals it it kind of reminds me of a time when my wife and I were on vacation this was many many years ago probably 30 35 years ago we were walking over on the coast of California walking alongside the beach and and as she was looking at the beautiful scenery and the wind blowing the palm trees and the ocean water breaking and turning white and all the color variations that we saw out of nowhere she said something that I didn't know that she had in her heart and she said you know someday I'd like to take painting lessons and learn how to paint as most guys might respond by saying oh that's neat well you know when we get home we need to paint the garage and I made that dumb statement I looked at her and she had this look like you don't understand and all of a sudden I felt checked in my spirit and I thought Lord I'm missing something really important here and I said to her when have you desired to paint how long has that been in your heart she said oh I don't know it just kind of comes and goes and but it's it's expensive and I'd have to take lessons and I'd have to buy you know materials and brushes and paints and all this stuff and she said eh, it's just not necessary so we just don't need that expense but you know I could see in her heart that was something that was really important to her something that she was kind of beaming inside for and I said well when we get back home as soon as we get back home let's get you started and let's get you some lessons and let's go for it because if that's one of your dreams I want to do everything I can to see that dream fulfilled and she kind of looked kind of amazed and I don't know if she thought well maybe that won't happen or whatever but as soon as we got back we sat down and talked some more and I said now what kind of lessons do you need and how soon do you need to do it and she started right away and I mean she just lit up she was excited and that was at least th probably 35 years ago that that little walk took place and that's why I said earlier get alone together and, and spend time together and spend quality time together and think about the future so she's become really quite a talented artist I remember after painting for just a couple of years she entered her one of her works of art in a contest there were 400 artists out there and my wife won the fourth place position for best painting in looking back wouldn't that have been a shame had I not listened to her and heard her dreams and heard what she was important to her now you might say what in the world does this have to do with finances and getting out of debt well it has everything to do with it because as a couple we want to bless each other we want to listen to each other and see where our dreams are and 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 evaluate those things and figure out a way that we can make it work into our finances if at all possible to to bless each other and to see our dreams come to fruition today my wife paints a lot she has a wonderful studio in our home and has hung her paintings and galleries in, in, in various places in Arizona. So whatever dream that you have in your heart, make that dream come to pass. God wants you to dream and dream big. And if you get out of debt, if you put yourself in a position where you can be alone and do things together, I believe there's things like that, like my wife experienced, that'll come out into your relationship, into your marriage, and you'll become a great example to others that debt-free living does give you freedom freedom to be free from the rule of someone who's loaned money to you proverbs 22 7 in the new international version says it this way the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender as we close this lesson on money and marriage I'll, let me pray for you father you ordained marriage and your word tells us when we are married we become one flesh 
We must come together in our thinking and decision-making. Lord, help all married couples to become united in their desire to seek your help in every area of life. We believe you want us to be free from debt. May married couples join together in their desire to be debt-free. For I ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I pray today that this podcast, this message on finances, dealing with marriage, is a blessing to you. And in future podcasts, we'll be talking about the areas of borrowing and things dealing with issues like when to, if you should guarantee a loan or something. Tune into those. I believe they'll be a great help to you in your marriage and, and in your relationships with other people. So if you're interested in learning more about finances and learning more about how to get out of debt, I'd like you to go to my webpage found at davidcfriendauthor.com where you can find my book entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. Now you may subscribe to my podcasts on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you and may he give you peace. And I pray that you will prosper and be in good health in all things, even as your soul prospers. My next lesson on debt-free living is entitled Borrowing. It's a big subject and one that I hope you could invite your friends to listen to because there's a lot of information there, I think, that'll help you in the future to become debt-free. Until next time, I pray God's richest blessing on you.